Pastor Javen has begun a two-part series today called To Be Continued. The work Jesus started didn't end after his resurrection. It was to continue. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit to his followers to be with us as we continue this journey. This week, we're going to look at how we can be led by the Spirit. Take a moment now and prepare your heart for today's service. Well, we're glad uh, that you're here again. And uh, some of you may remember back, back in the day, this was before streaming television for all of you young bucks and before DVRs. Maybe you remember watching TV and the show was really good. And you're also watching the clock and you're thinking there's no way they're going to solve this episode in the 30 minutes or the hour, whatever the case may be, that this episode is allotted. And sure enough, all of a sudden, at the end of that episode, those three words popped up on the screen, to be continued. And you thought to yourself, are you, oh man. But that's when you knew it was a good episode, right? Because it left you longing for more. It left you waiting for what's next, you know, uh, just in anticipation about what's going to happen. What is going to be taking place? Same bat time, same bat channel. Yeah, some of the older ones really remember that one. All right. Just hold on to that thought for just a moment. We'll come back to that. We just finished the series these last several weeks looking at five different emotions that can cause our life to be a little foggy, can cause us to be a little foggy mentally in our, in our life. And we looked, we ended the series last week looking at anger and we ended with a passage from Ephesians uh, where Paul was addressing his listeners at the church of Ephesus and us now today, because we still are able to read this. And he was talking to them. There's one verse I want to go back to. It's Ephesians chapter four, verse 30. I want us to look at this. He says, do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Some translations say that he has sealed your salvation. The Holy Spirit sealed your salvation. It's like Paul is calling us and his listeners, his readers to not forget who became a part of your life when you began to follow Christ. The Holy Spirit became a part of your life. He said he sealed your salvation. This seal, this is just one of the symbols or ways that the Holy Spirit is described throughout scripture. We see him described in with words as dove, wind, breath, fire, water, oil. There are a lot of words that are used to describe the Holy Spirit all throughout scripture, but the Holy Spirit is not a substance. The Holy Spirit is a part of the Godhead. He is a part of the three in one. There is God, the father, There's Jesus Christ, and then there is the Holy Spirit. And we can relate to the Holy Spirit just as we can to a person. Now, I do want to say, for me, it's very sad that some of the most divisive conversations in the church world come around the Holy Spirit. 
There's so much divisiveness that takes place in the church world around who the Holy Spirit is, how he operates in our life and what he does. And Jesus never meant for the Holy Spirit to be divisive. The Holy Spirit was meant to be a continuation of what Jesus was doing when he was on this earth. And he was given to us as his followers. And when, so as, as I talk about the Holy Spirit, I'm not talking about emotionalism. I'm not talking about handling snakes. <laughs> you would be surprised how sometimes I'll get asked that question. Are you guys those people? No. Pastor Casey, before he was lead pastor here, he was youth pastor, just like myself years ago. And I was in his youth. Pastor Casey had a friend who was a, uh, a youth pastor at another church in our town. And they had a great relationship. They worked well together. And this other youth pastor would always joke with him whenever they would do youth events together. They'd say, all right, now you can't, Casey, you can't bring the snakes to this one. But, you know, he was joking around because they had a, a great relationship. But, but that's not, I'm not talking about any of that stuff. But I do want us to understand today that the Holy Spirit is a very important part of our walk with Christ and in our faith. And he was so important that Jesus told us that he had to go for him to come. See, the Holy Spirit, the whole point of the Holy Spirit is to reveal truth and to point us to Jesus. That's the purpose of the Holy Spirit. He is the, he's a part of the Trinity at work. The Trinity, again, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came and gave his life on a cross for us to be saved. And when we believe in what Jesus Christ did and begin to follow him, then we become connected to the Heavenly Father through what Christ did. And that connection to our Heavenly Father is put in us and reminded to us and cries out through, through us through the Holy Spirit. Look at what Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verses 14 to 16. He says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And he says this, he says, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call out to him, Abba, Father. The Spirit cries out through us, Abba, Father. Verse, uh, did I have verse 16? Other? Yeah. For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. The Holy Spirit makes that connection. And the Holy Spirit is the one that raised Christ from the dead, Paul tells us. And then he tells us that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same Spirit that is in us. It's the Trinity at work. Saved through Christ, connected to the Father, through the relationship and empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's the Trinity at work in us. The Holy Spirit, again, was so important that Jesus told his disciples that it was to their advantage that he left. So that the Holy Spirit could come. Jesus, Jesus was basically telling them, look, this, when, when I leave this earth in physical form, the story is not over. The story is just beginning. It is to be continued. And it's going to be continued through you and through the church that's going to be built through what you do. So let's look at this conversation where Jesus set all this up. You can go to John chapter 14. 
John chapter 14, and then we'll look at a few verses in John chapter 16. But I want us to see this conversation where Jesus was telling them this. John chapter 14, start at verse 12. Jesus says to him, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the father and you can ask for anything in my name and I'll do it so that the son can bring glory to the father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it. If you love me, obey my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. And he comes to us through his Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, if you skip over there and look at verse 7 in a Another conversation, just a little bit later, he tells them this. He reminds them, he says, In fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, will not come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he'll convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you'll see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. So he set it up in these conversations. These are just a couple of places where we see that Jesus was setting it up to them and letting them know, look, I've got to go, but I'm not leaving you alone. The Holy Spirit is coming and it's to your advantage that that takes place. And then after his death and after his resurrection, Luke shows us that Jesus looks out over his disciples and over his listeners and over his followers. And we see it in Luke chapter 24, verse 49. He tells them this. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. It was not the end of the story. The story was just beginning. It was going to continue through them and through his church that was built and established. Jesus said, I'm going to send you another. Not another meaning different than me. Another meaning just like me. To continue everything that is being done. And he says, I'm not leaving you as an orphan. He's going to be present with you. God has always been about being present with his people. We saw him walk in Genesis tells us he walked in the garden in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. He was with the Israelites when they wandered through the wilderness as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He was with them in the temple. He wanted a place so that they can know his presence was with them. The Israelites called him Jehovah Shema, meaning God is here. Isaiah prophesied that a Messiah would be born and he would be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. He's physically in our presence. And then Jesus said, I'm going to send you a Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to be with you, to be God in you. Because if you called him what he told him, he said the Holy Spirit would be 
with you and he will be in you. The Holy Spirit is our gift from the Father. And the Spirit of God makes the presence of God come alive in our life. But it also makes the mission that God has given us personal. Jesus told him, you're going to go on and you're going to do even greater. Not greater in magnitude. You can't top what Jesus did. But greater in, its, in, in what was done and how much was done. And all that was being done through his church. So they waited on the Holy Spirit to empower them so that they could do this. And his presence became alive in them. The mission then became personal to them. And his power began to work through them. See, the Holy Spirit cannot be someone that we neglect in our life. We have to recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit. As we walk and in our walk as a follower of Christ, our goal cannot be just to simply say, I just want to be a more spiritual person. What does that mean? Because there are many religions who have the goal of being a spiritual person. Our goal as a follower of Christ and as a child of God to be, should be, to be people who are filled with the Spirit and led by the Spirit. That should be our goal. That should be our desire. And it wasn't just something that Jesus promised to his followers. It's something that Jesus patterned for his followers. When Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, the gospels tell us that when he came up out of the water, God spoke, and this is my son, and I'm well pleased. And it said, a, the spirit descended upon him as a dove. And it rested on Jesus. This was a sign to everyone who was out there that Jesus was filled with the the spirit of God. And he was walking in the spirit. And it was also a fulfillment of a prophecy from Isaiah. Look at what Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. This was a prophecy that he was fulfilling. He said, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. This would rest on the Messiah. So he was patterning, patterning what would happen through his people. So we become like Christ through the empowerment of the same Holy Spirit who empowered Jesus Christ. When you go into Paul's letter, if you go a little bit further in that letter that we looked at, verse, chapter 4, verse 30. If you keep reading, you'll go into chapter 5 and you'll see this verse in verse 18 of chapter 5. He says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Paul is letting them know, look, he said, you know, wine, it's a stimulus. It gives you a stimulant for a moment. Gives you that whatever, that pickup, that feeling. Maybe helps you forget everything through the day, whatever you're drinking that for. But then what happens after you drink it? You just go right back down. Because it's also a depressant. But you could really substitute the word wine for anything that we use in our life as a stimulant to give us that up and that high. It, can, it doesn't have to be a substance. It could be our careers, our jobs. It can be anything that we put in the place where we get our fulfillment. And we get our stim, stimulant in our life. But Paul is saying, don't do it that way. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the only one 
that can sustain you. And that can give you everything that you need. And, and the word there, when you look at it in the Greek, scholars tell us that the word is imperative, which means it's a command to be filled. It's passive, meaning it's not something that you do. It's something that you allow to be done to you. And it's present tense, which means it is happening now and continuing to happen. So it's like, as, as if Paul is saying to them, I command you to allow yourself to keep being filled by the Holy Spirit. In other words, Going back to what he said in chapter four, verse 30, don't forget who God gave you. Let your life honor the one that God has given you to live in you. Be filled by his Holy Spirit. Let him fill you in your life and walk with him. Do you know the word enthusiasm comes from the Greek word entheos, which literally means to be full of God. It's a life that is vibrant and full because it gets its source from somewhere else. When you're filled with the spirit, you are living a life that is vibrant and full in God and through his presence in your life. It means your mind can be renewed. Romans chapter eight, Paul said this, verse five and six, he says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. And in verse six, he said this, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and to peace. We said over and over through that series that we just had, that, you know, we, we were speaking everything to everything from the aspect of a spiritual nature. And I understood that there were deeper aspects and sometimes you might need help from a counselor. And that is true. But that's why we also said someone that is a Christian and follows God and can lead you through a, a place by his Holy Spirit. But there's also something about the power of the Holy Spirit. When you trust him, he can begin to work in your life and take you to a place where your mind is not controlled by what your flesh is constantly thinking about and foggy with those things. It can be controlled by the Spirit and led by the Spirit when you allowed yourself to be filled with his presence in your life. And when your mind is renewed, you don't have to be a person that is emo, uh, filled with hopelessness and cheerlessness and restlessness. Look at what Paul said in Romans fifteen thirteen. He said, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to be open to the spirit in our life. Your mind is renewed. Your emotions are renewed. And this, I don't have this passage and it's not on the screen, Thomas. It's not, it's not in here, but I just want to share this with you because I want you to see Paul is a person that could easily have been defeated in his life mentally and emotionally. Listen to what he said. This is in second Corinthians chapter six. It starts around verse four. He said, in everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We've been beaten. We've been put in prison. We've faced angry mobs. We've worked in exhaustion. We've endured sleepless nights. We've gone without food. Does that sound like someone who's been beaten down? 
and could easily play that role of, of taking that mentally and emotionally in their life. But then listen to what he says. We prove ourselves, though, by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness. And then listen to what he says. You can go back and you can see this. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 6. We, we prove ourselves by the Holy Spirit within us. We have got to have and be willing to be open to the spirit at work within us. Because when our mind is renewed, our emotions are renewed, guess what happens too? Our behavior is renewed. Romans 12, 1 and 2, this verse is out there in that lobby on that poster. You'll see it. Paul says, don't be like the world. Don't be consumed with everything the world is going, has going on and what the world says you have to be. But instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you would know the good and pleasing will of God. You would begin to be able to act in what God is calling you to do because you're allowing the Spirit to work in you, the Spirit to fill you, the Spirit to empower you, the Spirit to lead you, and the Spirit to transform you and renew you mentally, emotionally, and in your actions. And then you're becoming more like Christ. And you become like Christ in how you live. We'll look a little bit more at that next week. But I also want to point out, you become like Christ in your boldness. When you look at the early church, when they were filled with the Spirit of God, there was a change in them that was recognizable. I mean, you're talking about people that when Jesus was arrested and crucified, who ran and scattered and hid But after his resurrection and after they went, as Jesus told them to do, to go and pray and to wait on the Holy Spirit. And after they were empowered by the Spirit, now you had Peter and John standing in front of the Sanhedrin telling them, look, you can threaten us all you want to threaten us, but we will not stop doing what Jesus told us to do. And that is to go and make disciples, baptizing people in the name of a resurrected Jesus Christ. That's boldness. Stephen was taken captive and he was standing there with men surrounding him, holding huge stones in their hands, getting ready to throw them at him and kill them. But he would not stop proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ. There was a boldness in him. The New Testament church believed that the indwelling spirit of God in them was so powerful that there was no emperor, no entity, there was nothing that could stop them from doing what God had called them to do. And that was to share the name of Jesus Christ and to teach others what Jesus had taught them. There was a boldness in them. But also with the Holy Spirit, when you become like the Holy Spirit, or like Jesus, you become, you, you, you have boldness. But the Holy Spirit also creates humility in you. You know, as much as I love hearing how someone will say, Pastor, your message today really spoke to me. That was such a blessing. I'm so grateful that messages may bless you. And I know as much as Pastor Brian loves to hear, man, the way Frontline was led today, what y'all did, it was such a blessing. It was great. I'm sure that, you know, yes, there's a part of that. That feels good. But never... Never do we want anything that we do in this house, any of the pastors on the staff, anybody in these places to it become about us because it's not. I love this passage from Paul. It's very simple. It's very plain. But in first Corinthians chapter two, verse four to five, he says this, my message and my preaching were very plain. 
Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. And in verse five, he said this, I did this so you will trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. And I do pray that as I share the things that I've studied and I've prepared, that that it comes across in a way that you're not looking at me and thinking how smart he is. There's a lot in my life where you can look at me and realize I'm not that smart. I want, and my prayer is that the Holy Spirit delivers something in you through the word of God. And maybe something I say is a part of that, but it's not about me, it's the Holy Spirit. And you become like Christ in how you live. You become like Christ in your boldness. You become like Christ in humility. But you also become like Christ in love. We have to remember being filled with the Holy Spirit means that we are filled with love. In all of Paul's writings and all of his teachings where he talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which I fully believe are still active and working through the body of Christ today. But all throughout where Paul talks about the gifts of the Spirit manifesting themselves and being at work, he also talks about how it is to build up and unify the church and the body, and it is to be done in love. Because if love is not a part of it, then it's just a clanging noise, a loud symbol. It means nothing. Love has to be a part of everything that is done. Because we are meant to build each other up and grow in unity. It was the very last prayer that Jesus prayed before he went to the cross. We see it in John chapter 17. All throughout that prayer, he prayed for unity. And he gave us the Holy Spirit to help unite us, not to divide us. See, we live victorious through his spirit. We Continue the work of Christ with boldness through his spirit. We love others the same way that Christ loved us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we have to wake up every day saying, Heavenly Father, fill me today with your spirit. Let me know and let me realize I am the temple of God. I am filled with the spirit of God. Let me not walk today full of my flesh. Let not the old nature of my sin man rise up in me. Let me be filled with the spirit in my life every day so that I can do what you have called me to do. That I can be used by you however you want me to be used by you. I had a lady come and talk to me one time and she was talking about how she was longing for more of the spirit to work in her life and through her life. And she mentioned that she was trying to be open to the spirit. And she said she felt like one day there was a lady she saw across the way. She was leaving a parking lot and she saw this lady over there and she felt led to go talk to that lady. And she thought, well, that's, I don't want to be weird. So I'm, I'm just going to leave. But as she's leaving, she just felt more and more. I cannot leave. I need to go back and talk to this lady. She went back and talked to this woman. And just began to have a conversation with her. And the woman began to share everything that was going on in her life. And then she just said to her, well, can I pray for you? 
And the woman said, yeah. And so just as she was praying, just for no particular reason, she just kind of was holding her elbow like this, just as she's praying for her. And when she got done praying, the woman looked at her and said, it's, I know you, you didn't, you were just kind of touching my elbow to pray, but you don't, I didn't share this with you. I didn't tell you this. I fell yesterday and I fell on that elbow and that arm has been killing me ever since I fell. But as you were praying over me and as your hand was on my elbow, I could feel pain releasing from my elbow. Church, do you realize the Holy Spirit wants to work in you and use you that way? Yes, the Holy Spirit can work in our services and in us and and, and we can have incredible and passion-filled moments of the Holy Spirit in our services. But even more than that, He wants to use you out there. Not to be weird, but to work through you. And He's given you His Holy Spirit. We'll talk more next week about being led by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit leading us in our life. We're going to look at a few more things in that. So I want you to come back, invite someone to be a part of that because we cannot neglect who the Holy Spirit is in our life. But see, the main enemy oftentimes of the Spirit's power in our life is the own confidence we have in our own flesh. And that we can, I'm okay, I, I don't need it, I'm, I'm okay, I'll do everything, I'll be alright. But to operate in the Spirit, we have to learn to be led by the Spirit. But know this, God will only fill what is given to Him as emptied to be filled. Christianity is not a theory to master. It's not a philosophy to learn more about. It's a person to follow. And Jesus told us that he was giving us his Holy Spirit to walk with us and to guide us and to be a part of that journey as we follow him and we're connected to the Heavenly Father. In the same way that we received what Christ did for us and followed him, the same faith it took to receive him is the same faith it takes to receive the Holy Spirit. It's just an openness and a willingness to say, God, don't let my mind, don't let me stand in the way of what your Holy Spirit wants to do in my life and through my life. Let me be filled today and every day by your Spirit. Help me not neglect the third person of the Godhead. Help me be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through me. Stand with me this If you need prayer in any way today, we would love for you to reach out to us. You can go to our website, bwccambin.com, go to our contact page. You'll find the link there to uh, request prayer or send us anything that you uh, would like to communicate with us today. Or you can also simply text the word prayer to 803-676-7566. And we will be back in touch with you to find out how we can be in prayer for you. God bless you. We hope that you have a great week.